Hi, welcome to Collective Conversations. I am your host, Jennifer Carmack. Today's episode is a recording from a class that I gave last week while I was in town. The energetics of yoga through the lens of the chakras. To me, chakras are a relationship to how I feel my own energy moving in my body and how that energy impacts my outer world and how that energy can give me insight into my bigger truths of what I might be carrying, how I actually am feeling. And it gives me this space to listen, to feel, and to trust myself. Enjoy. So I want to start with uh, kind of the basic just my lens of the chakras. There's so much you can Google, like colors and, you know, what they relate to. And a lot of this handout kind of gives you that basic information. But I'm just going to speak off the cuff with how they relate uh, to yoga, to practice, and just like day-to-day life. It's way more fun than uh, (laughs) the stuff you can Google. Um, Let me give you this net. I know. You have most of that, but just in case. So through the lens of yoga, um, we are made up of the five elements. So earth, water, fire, air, and ether. And in Ayurveda, which is the science of yoga, it's kind of the medical how to bring balance um, in our lives. Ayurveda looks at the elements and if there's something out of balance, you know, if you've got excess fire, then usually you have dis-ease in your system. Excess fire, excess earth, excess air can cause imbalances in the body. And so each part of us uh, has a little bit different element that it brings into this whole container of who we are. And the body, of course, is more of the earth element. So it's how we manifest ideas, energy into the physical realm. It's how we um, feel grounded, feel um, like we have our basic needs being met. Um, It's how um, how we bring things to life, whether that's birthing babies, birthing ideas, birthing businesses. What are we manifesting and bringing down from this like spiritual realm into the physical realm? And so the body is earth element and that chakra is the first chakra. It's down in our roots. It's down at the bottom of our tailbone is the location. And every chakra in the body actually relates to these things along the spine called the ganglia. So there's these nerve endings that come out of our spine in bundles. And so there is like physical location 
medications for the chakras, like, but your doctor probably wouldn't know that <laughs> or address that. But there's an actual, each kind of location has, has a space in the body. And so that first chakra, you know, you have actually tons of nerves that run out of your sacrum, go all, all the way down your legs to your feet. Um, and it's why our feet actually are pretty sensitive because all those nerve endings are there in the feet. Um, so the first chakra is our relationship to our bodies, to the physical world. I like to think of the chakras like portals, like how energy moves through our bodies. Um, and so the first chakra is like how we came into this world. So it relates a lot to our family of origin. You know, if we were born into this world and it wasn't safe for whatever reason, we can have like imbalances around feeling safe and secure in our own bodies and in our own, you know, families of origin. And so, yeah, first chakra, it's all about moving into, into your body full and complete and whole uh, and safe is kind of the energy that the first chakra is seeking. So as we move up through the body, right? So it is, first chakra is earth elements. As we move up into the second chakra, which is real, uh, right under the belly button, the second chakra is the element of water. So it makes sense, like even in our anatomy, right? Like our, all of our, you know, our, our bladders, our uterus, you know, all this water energy that's here in the second chakra. But it also relates to our creativity. So if the first chakra is like what we're bringing out into the world, the second chakra is like, what are we, what are we birthing? What are we baking? What are we creating um, in our body from this point? It has to do, of course, with our sexuality, but also embodiment of our sexuality, of our creativity. Um, it can be a really healing place to work, especially, I mean, men as well, but I work with a lot of women and it's definitely a point that most of us get benefit from paying attention to. It is, um, it, it first chakra has to do with our family of origin and our relationship to how we came into the world. The second chakra is almost like, you know, developmentally with a child. It's the next phase as you move out of that family of origin, who are you attracting as your friends? Who are you attracting as uh, your job? Um, because the job kind of provides how we manifest in this world and how we feel safe and secure. So as I move away from my, my family of origin, this area is now, what am I calling to me so I can get my needs met? Does that make sense? Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's my favorite chakra, I have to say. <laughs> Especially now that I'm 44 and I'm coming into all my delicious uh, feminine expression and after you have babies and that will just wakes right up. Right, so it's, it has to do more with our senses. In the um, kind of the water element that can tend to relate to our emotions as well, because emotions are water energy and Ayurveda. So processing our feelings, dropping down when you're in a big emotional kind of like space, 
softening your belly and bringing your breath down into this chakra can really help you metabolize and move energy that uh, you might be holding on to in your body. Just even relaxing those muscles and like bringing your breath right there. Like, I'm going to all do it right now. <laughs> Relax your uterus. Just let all that space expand. You might even kind of sense that watery feeling that's there. Yeah. So if I don't feel safe and secure in my body, and then I'm trying to manifest what I might need in my second chakra, it can be hard to bring all of that energy. Like if I'm wanting to call healthy relationships and friendships into my life, yet I don't feel safe and secure, it's really hard for that to manifest out into your life. That being said, we aren't, it's a process. And it's probably, I don't know if it all like gets there in my lifetime where I just feel totally safe and secure in this world because it's nuts out there. But being aware of that and the blocks that might be taking place if there's something that I'm really desiring, but I'm not seeing it like manifest in my in my life, there might be some uh, work to do or, you know, therapy or whatever it looks like to uh, process some of that um, safety and security issues that um, we all have, I'm sure. It seems like all the people I know, <laughs> we're all in this together. So does that kind of make sense, that relationship between your first and second chakra? So they're all connected. They're all, they're all talking to each other um, and, and affecting each other um, as well. So first, second. And then the third is my power. It's how I bring who I am. It's like who I am out into the world. So it's the fire element. When you get a lot of anxiety about you know, who am I? And I don't know what's going on. You know, you get it, you feel it right here. Um, so it's, it's self-confidence, self-esteem, that part of you that's like, fuck it, <laughs> you know, or boundaries or your yeses and your noes. And really like your fuck yeses and your fuck noes are right here uh, from this place. Not the, oh, maybe yes, maybe no. It's like when you know there's clarity. Fire brings clarity. Fire is also related to the intellect. So that's why when you have a lot of intellectual, like you're trying to make sense, like what should I do next? And you get all logical thinking about it and then you feel it right here. Yeah, <laughs> that how the intellect sparks anxiety. It's because it's in the same relationship in the elemental kind of world. Isn't it? Yeah. Like it really is. There is these relationships. It makes a lot of sense. But the intellect also, I will say this. This is something I, I'm, I'm a very headstrong brain. Like I have a strong intellect. I think that's how you have to survive, especially as women, you have to be smart. You have to know what to do. You have to make sure all your ducks are in a row a lot, you know? So we all tend to be pretty strong minded. Um, but so the, it, I've been doing these, I, uh, I'm in a training right now and we do meditations with our intellect. We go ahead and turn our attention to our intellect and ask it what it wants to tell us. 
And I have to say, it's really powerful practice because my intellect's going on all the time anyways. And half the time is just causing me anxiety. So to actually in like your journaling in the morning to like, okay, intellect, what do you want me to know? What clarity are you offering to me is so powerful. It kind of just honors it. And then it can like kind of shut up a little bit. It doesn't have to be running my show. So I offer that. Yeah, do it. So good. Huh? Yeah, your tummy sounds hurting because it says you get you get what it's trying to tell you, you know, a lot. And then we even, yeah, you know how we spin out on the intellect. So giving it that attention can help bring some ease to your to that anxiety and just to go ahead and listen to what 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 she's trying to tell you. So the first three chakras have to do with your relationship to being human. It's like how you came into this world, what do you want to manifest and who do you who do you want to bring into your orbit and how do you want to come out into the world? They're really important and really why I came to yoga to begin with is cuz I had no idea how to be a human in this body. <laughs> no, hence the alien theme that you see around here. Um you know, because the physical practice, any kind of exercise, anything that puts you in your body is working within this energy. Even like I spinning sometimes and just the way your legs like move really fast on that machine. Like I can feel my second chakra kind of like getting a little massage back there. You know, it's like, okay, this is good. Get me in a flow. So even the kinds of exercises you might be attracted to, like notice how it might activate either first, second, third chakra. And if you're wanting to focus on one over the other, it might give you some options in what you choose and how you take care of your body that way. Um, so yeah, first three. So I think of this, the bottom half of the body, like a triangle, um, the, and I call it the lower triangle. In relationship to the nervous system, by the way, this area of the third chakra, there are three major muscles that attach to this area of the spine here. And one is the diaphragm. And then the lower half of the body, there's these deep muscles called the psoas muscle and they run right along the spine. The psoas muscle is a sensory organ that is related to our intuition. And so our, our psoas muscle kind of feels uh, from our nervous system into a space, whether it's safe to go in or something you're not, you know, needing to be. So it's interesting to me that it's kind of this area, how it can be the navigation system for our physical body. It's like telling us so much about our environment, about people who are in our lives. It's giving us guidance. So it has so much wisdom, our bodies. It's just learning how to like tune into that and listen and trust ourselves. Um, it might be a little tangent. Let me know if you have questions about that more because that is a huge topic. The psoas muscle, if you haven't like read about it, there's a really great teacher that does a ton of research, uh, Liz Koch, K-O-C-H. And she talks about how we're just cracking like 
in a little bit to really how the nervous system and the brain uh, work. That we know more about the moon than we know about our own bodies and our brains. It's pretty crazy. It's right along the inside of the spine. So it runs from T7, your thoracic spine, which is about like right where the ribs start back here. Um, and then all the way down in front of the spine, like on the inside. Um, so like back bends and stuff will stretch the psoas, but um, it's not a muscle like normal muscles work. It actually is more like a tongue where it's sensing and it, and some theories are now like if you massage that muscle, like, you know, a, a massage therapist will like dig their elbow in there for you and stuff. Like you might get a little, a release, but it will, it'll actually coil you back in because the psoas pulls us into that safety position of the fetal position. So it's really interesting and there's so much depth to it, but, um, so just acknowledging that there's an intelligence within our body that gives us intuition. It's not just all woo woo out in this like land of like, what do I, you know, being psychic, that it's actually more of an intelligence that we, that we have. And I, I love learning and feeling into that because it actually does give you that sense of safety. When I listen to my body, like even that, like, oh, I should probably leave today. I trust that that's my intuition telling me how to be safe, uh, like driving, you know, just that internal knowing that's in my body. So is that like the gut feeling? Yes, exactly. It's your gut feeling um, comes from this space. And so, yeah, it's all related, whether, you know, whether we want... So as chakras, doesn't matter. It's just this slower sense. So in your yoga practice, even there's an intention, like when you engage your core and you pull it in and you're giving it support and structure and bringing a little bit of that fire element into it, you know, you get more empowered. Your poses feel stronger when you move from that center space, right? It gives you more, um, gives you the foundation, gives you the kind of the, in um, Tantra, they call it like the masculine. It gives you the structure and safety um, in your physical world. But um, I forgot what I was going with that one. So I'll let it fly out and come back in. But yeah, so for <laughs> all about manifesting who you are in this reality and your power of your body. Oh, in yoga, I was talking about getting strong, giving it support um, is one energy. But also like if you're doing like yin or something more relaxed where you actually work to do the opposite, like we, we just did, soften your belly, soften your uterus, even soften the, the skin, uh, you know, on your pelvic floor and your labia and all that energy down there can bring in so much um, ease in your body in your nervous system. Um, so you have to play around, like, how does it feel? Um, Pilates, like I'm a Pilates teacher and have worked with a lot of um, women with trauma. And I just 
kind of discovered by accident um, with people that really had a hard time feeling safe in their body, like so unsafe, like couldn't close their eyes, had a hard time really feeling safe to even be still in their system at all. I would get them on the reformer, which is a Pilates machine. And we would start to work the intention of like bringing kind of pulling energy back into their core and over like just even a few sessions, they would notice a difference in their systems of feeling like pulled back in and safe in their body. It's pretty magical that way. So if it's something that you're really struggling with or working with, uh, let us know. It's our jam, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's why this whole place exists. How do we feel safe and secure in our bodies and safe to feel like we can bring out who we are into the world, to bring our truth out and to share that wisdom is like, I believe where all the healing is um, for everything going on, us personally, but also the collective. Yeah. I mean, I do believe it's why wars are started. Is <laughs> this um, disconnect from our bodies? In old school yoga, actually used to kind of like discount the body, like, oh, we're bo the body knows nothing. We're gonna just be spiritual and like pray all day, which I get, I get it, but that's evolved. That's no longer kind of what yoga is uh, teaching. That the body is part of that wisdom. Any questions before I move on or add-ons or things you know that it's sparking for you? Good? Okay. Yeah. So there's, it's, yes, there's colors assigned to them. I've also heard teachers say that they change colors. That the, I don't know how, uh, how scientific the color system is, but I get the idea of um, kind of the, the root, you know, is it's like the colors of the rainbow. The root is red, orange, yellow, green, yeah, blue. I do love, like, if I'm feeling like I want to work with a certain energy that I'll even pick colors of clothes that like kind of correspond. I mean, I'll take whatever works, <laughs> you know, I'll do all the things. So people do that or like they'll be, a, if you notice your, like your favorite color, you might notice that your personality or your demeanor might really be oriented to that color. So there is correlations. I just don't tend to like really like, no, I just don't know. And I'm not a person that sees. So there are people that can see energy and see auras, which is the energy around you. And, and there's reports that we have color and different things. I'm more of a knower, not a seer. Yeah. All right. So we'll go to the upper triangle then, right? So um, if the lower triangle is all about our physical body, the next chakra up is our heart. And the heart is... Uh, considered like the bridge between our physical body and our soul. So the heart, I always think of it kind of like if you guys seen inside out, <laughs> yeah, I have little kids, so I've seen it like 9 million times. I love that movie though. I love it. I think of like the little people in the head, like really we're little souls in our heart kind of navigating our spacesuit. And so our heart is our, uh, 
you know, our, our second chakra is desires and what we want to manifest, but our heart is our desires and what we want to connect with. So heart is all about connection. Um, the heart energy is the element of air, right? So it relates to our lungs and how we um, and interact with our environment, right? So that breath is the metaphor of interacting with our environment, what we take in and what we leave. Um, and, and that relationship, people that have a hard time with breathing or uh, whether it's like a dis disorder that's causing that or just in general, if it causes you anxiety or things like that, there might be kind of, an imbalance going on with um, kind of tuning into what you desire to connect with. It can. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it kind of be related. Like if it's like, I have, I feel the energy, but I don't know what to do with it. And it kind of gets stuck right here. Yeah. It can make you feeling anxious. Sure. Um, it's like, how do I bring it down? You know, a lot of times if, if this is the shutoff energy, we'll just get stuck right here. And I get like that where I'm just like, you know, like a, like a head on a stick, you know, I'm just running around like frantic. And it's because I'm not down in my body, you know, putting, moving that energy all the way through. So it just starts to feel spinny. And that's because like the energy's kind of getting blocked somewhere here. Sometimes it's not even down to the heart. It'll just be right here, like bouncing around. Thank God, Thank God for yoga. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, something simple like a tapping right here on, um, technically in the physical body, it's the thymus gland, but, um, but in uh, like energetic medicine, it's very, um, it softens the heart. It helps it kind of get that reset. So, I'll, you know, and I can kind of do it and make it look halfway, like not weird. <laughs> You're at a party and having like social anxiety. <laughs> like, I don't know what I want to connect to. I'll just go to the bathroom and do this. No, I'm going to, you know, do all your meditation in there real quick. Come on, heart chakra. But I also have to listen to it. I had a really wise teacher once um, share with me, you know, like I always felt like my heart would open and then it would close. And then it would open and it would close. And I went to her and I'm like, I just, like, why is my heart just not open? And she's like, Jen, it's because it's not always safe for your heart to be open. You know, discernment is an important quality of the heart. And so while I might think like, what's wrong with me? I must be totally weird. Why don't I wanna connect to these people that are around me? You know, why do I feel closed? Um, it might actually be giving you information beyond that, that you don't feel safe in some way to, to open it. Um, and so, Yes, we can do the things that kind of help us get our heads above water and do what we got to do and make those connections. But if it's something that's chronically, like if you're around the same people and you notice that that's happening every time you're there, there might be a deeper level of truth 
about you feeling safe. Um, it might just be, or, and I'll say me, it might just be my relationship to, to that and stuff that I can work on on my own, but it also might be telling me um, something I'm not wanting to admit about who I'm attracting in my space. Hard to be awake. It's much easier just to pretend like you're the crazy one and everybody else is normal, you know? Because <laughs> then you have to do something kind of about it. And that's when it gets tricky. <laughs> um, but the heart is not only how do I how do I make connections, but how do I receive connections? And so, because love has to flow both ways. What love has to kind of move through us. It's not something that we just pour, pour, pour out into the world. It has to. Um, our heart needs to receive as well. So sometimes heart chakra work is softening to receive connection, uh, which is something I've been working on for 45 years. <laughs> um, but my, my advice, if you're really just feeling blocked, what some things that I do, like where it's like, I feel safe. I, I love like, you know, I'll just use my marriage because it's an easy example because we all have these things. It's like, I love my husband. I want to be here. But why in this situation, like when we get in an argument, why do I sh close down my heart? Why do I, sh why do I shut down here? Um, and so meditations, like I love um, sound frequency. It's something uh, like eight, it, if I put it on my iTunes, I'll put an HZ because it, it measures sounds by Hertz and you'll get all these like um, different kind of music that has frequencies that are related to the different chakras. And I love the heart chakra ones. Yeah. Especially if I'm really tightened up, I'll put them on just in my house. And even my family says they feel they feel like, oh, this is nice. Like, which is crazy because they're not, they think I'm, I'm really weird. So it was really cool. You know, like people notice that. So I do the, I do sound healing with my heart when I'm really feeling shut down. Also making connections with someone I do feel safe with and sharing my truth, even if it's related to someone else, but just opening up this, uh, tapping into it with someone I feel good with will help me like stay open when I go into like, you know, a bad work environment or something that's causing me um, to close down. Um, coming here opens my heart chakra. <laughs> um, does it? Oh, I know it's the best. It's making connections. You know, that's what our heart really wants. I love Ram Dass, you know, he says like, you're either in love or you're out of love and our heart just desires to be in in love not in love in like the romantic way in love but in love meaning i'm in the flow of love it's coming through me it's coming towards me and so that is all heart chakra medicine like that part of you that just wants to bathe in love um oh god bless her she's so cute <laughs> so your heart is that bridge right it is our internal compass of knowing how um 
how we want to connect with each other. So moving upward then in the up, upper triangle from the heart is the throat. And so the heart is connected to the throat. The heart, the throat is the, the mouthpiece, the vocalization like of what our, our heart song is. So it, the throat chakra is not just speaking my truth, like telling someone a boundary or telling somebody what I need. Um, the throat is also like artistic expression. So painting, singing, drawing, dancing, um, that energy of just heart expression is the throat. The second chakra is related to the throat in the way that it, um, you know, the, but the second chakra is more like expressing who I am as like a human and what I want to manifest and what I want to wear and what I want to like create in my life. The throat chakra is what do I want to create? Like what's my heart uh, creations? So it's not always practical. You know, I think the second chakra is a little bit more practical. So the throat chakra is also related to our ears. So we have the ear canals kind of come down and they drain in the throat. And so another quality of the throat chakra is listening. And so um, in the spiritual sense, like listening for God's will, listening for insight and like the right timing and what's next. You know, we have all this, like our heart just wants to do it and like no fear. She's there. She's ready to leap. But our throat is like kind of the, a little bit more of the intellectual wisdom of listening and being guided. Um, yeah. And divine timing. That's kind of what I think about the throat. So if you tend to get throat ailments or imbalances or like, I have a family member in particular that when um when I'm around her, I just almost will feel my throat literally like tightening up because, you know, so I've had like a physical like feeling in my throat when I don't feel like I can be myself. Um, uh, with, you know, that's, that's here. But yeah, heart and throat are connected. Um, so truth telling, but also listening. Its color usually is blue. So I think of it like a bluebird you know, singing from your heart. What else? That's pretty, that's pretty good on the throat. So like the people that sing, the people that are very artistic, how they develop that, I mean, because sometimes you're born with that gift. Yeah. So how does that? I have to develop it. I'm not like, I'm creative, which is here, but I'm, I, I didn't think of myself as like artistic. And then I, took a painting class once just for fun and like it spoke to me and then it's just something that I like develop and then getting that relationship when I do my art or my you know do your singing like Emily right when she sings she sings from her heart you can feel it and so it's that kind of you know you can still develop like and she's even had to develop her voice and her singing yeah well, and that's what happens with artists. The more they get in touch with who they are and what their heart desires are, do you notice their art like goes up another level? Yeah, I've heard other singers 
um, Prima Love, that is our friend of the studio down in Maui, she went and did like a pilgrimage in India, came back and her voice like sounded more clear in her singing. So it's like, yes, so related. Um, mm -hmm. But it is something you can develop. Yeah. Because actually when, I mean, I don't think Emily would mind me saying this, but um, when I first met her, we did some Reiki sessions, like working on her throat. She felt very blocked there. I mean, this was like eight years ago. So she's definitely, um, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, and you're feeling, she's, that's her voice pretty, like when, yeah, you're feeling her heart and it opens yours. And that's true in all our connections. When I am, I mean, I, people tell me all the time, I feel so comfortable around you. Like I just met you and I can tell you all these things. And it's like, because I work to try to keep my heart open, you can feel that. So it gives you permission to open yours. And then we can, and that I think is, a lot of our a lot of my issues like in social situations where you go in and you have to like act in a certain way and no one's got their heart open and then you're like this feels so awkward <laughs> like I can't talk about the weather anymore in my life <laughs> this is why this is my job I couldn't work in a normal place anymore hey Jack Sure. Ask a question. Okay. Yeah. I just had a question about, have you um, talked about like thyroid issues in the throat chakra or thyroid? Yeah. Like, you know, like people having thyroid issues because oh, of thyroid, uh, thyroid. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I thought you meant like fibroids, like, um, which could be actually around the heart fibroids and breast tissue and things. So the question is, have I heard of anything that is about thyroid and the throat chakra? And yes, it's directly related. So our thyroid is our metabolism. It's how we, um, you know, take in food and make it into energy in our bodies. Um, so it's kind of this, I mean, it's all related, right? It's how our heart is how we take in energy, how we interact with the world. And it rather, it energizes us or it depletes us. And so, yeah, it's directly related. So imbalanced chakra of the throat can cause imbalance in the thyroid. Yes. Thyroid is actually also related to the pineal gland or the pituitary gland. They're right next to each other. So uh, the pituitary gland is in the crown chakra, which we'll get to in a minute, but it's kind of the master regulator of all of our hormones. And it directly talks to the throat chakra. So some imbalances in thyroid can actually um, be about our connection with, with God, with the divine, with our higher selves and how we metabolize that and kind of bring it down into our hearts as well. So it can go both ways. 
from um, the top, I used to bottom up or top down. Hmm? I used to use, uh, lose my voice a lot, you know, when uh-huh. I was younger, uh, and have a lot of throat issues. And, um, and then I got into the 12 steps and that really helped me find my voice, but yoga really helped me even further. And of course, wild spirit yoga was so much a part of that journey. So, um, this is awesome. Thank you. Awesome. You're welcome. Carol just shared that she went through a time where she lost her voice a lot and has been working to find her connection, um, the deeper connection through 12 steps and recovery and kind of getting in your body, right? Like bringing all that energy down and through you and healing those unsafe spaces. Yeah. And having a voice, you know, that was such a big, I just felt I didn't have a voice. So, yeah, um, but yoga just really was like that step beyond that was so helpful. So that's awesome. Yeah. Getting her voice, finding her voice is what she was saying. So any, any questions you guys might feel about the throat? How are we doing on time? Oh, we're, we're walking through these chakras. No, I like the questions. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I, but I would even wonder if women just feel the imbalances more in their system than men do. So maybe reach out for help more. I'd be really curious if it's true that more women get it than men, or if it's just, we are on a hormonal cycle or more in tune when our thyroids aren't working neither are our sex hormones because they're all actually in communication all the time. The TSH that my thyroid makes directly relates and connects to the progesterone that comes from my ovaries. So, you know, like, and so we can, we have like, uh, you know, we have that physical kind of manifestation through our periods and different things that tells us, I think it gives us more insight that it's off balance, maybe more than men. Um, but I don't know. I don't know why that would be. I do know in general, just as the patriarchy has taught us, I'll get on my little soapbox for a minute about the patriarchy. Um, men tend to feel safer in their bodies because they're not, you know, we're taught really young to watch, be safe and watch out for ourselves. And, you know, we, as a whole, we have a system of it that is more tuned in because we have to. Um, I just watched fried green tomatoes, by the way, last night. I forgot you have to, I cried through the whole damn movie. In the beginning when the guy dies at the beginning, I'm like, oh my God, I forgot this movie. Why did that just come up? I had a reason. I recommend watching it if you haven't seen it in a long time. Yes. Yes, yes. And the stories about women and friendships and how she protects her friends because she's in a bad relationship, just all the things like, it's so good. Anyhow, back on track with chakras. Um, so from the throat is the third eye. And the third eye is um, that part of you that knows without knowing. You know, it's definitely intuition. 
usually it's um, also seeing, seeing beyond what the eyes can see. So it's seeing illusion. It's seeing, um, you know, uh, dreams, premonitions, um, people that are psychic or work on being psychic or want to see auras or all of those um, spiritual kind of things that are out there, they're working on their third eye. They're working on um, seeing past illusions. Um, the heart is our, in our, so as our bodies, all these have a level of intuition involved. It's just more of that um, from the third eye. Uh, it can be a little, it's less feeling and more knowing. Does that make sense? It's like when you just have a knowing and you have no idea where it's coming from. It's like, well, why would I think that? Third eye. Um, third eye, things that we can do to take care of our third eye or develop it. One is just in yoga class when we turn our gaze up to our third eye like turning your eyeballs up and in a, a slight little bit without straining the eyes can help to bring energy and clarity up through that portal and up into that space. It also helps if you notice when you do that gaze in meditation, it'll help kind of quiet the chatter, you know? So that's why we use it a lot in yoga meditation, but it also kind of clarifies that inner knowing, and that's the purpose of that, um, of that, um, what do they call it, a mudra of the eyes. Dristi, dristi of the eye is upward. Um, things that can affect our third eye, if you really feel disconnected from this part of your energy center, is uh, fluoride can really accumulate in this area of the brain, and so maybe switching um, from like fluoride, toothpaste, and all of those things, and uh, kind of allowing the gland to detox from that one head. It's a heavy metal that just uh, has been found in the brain and, and known to cause not just third eye issues, but also if you were to take your finger to the crown of the head and take your finger right here to the third eye, and you were to travel back and bring your fingers to touch within the brain, that point in the middle is where your pituitary gland is and your pineal gland. So fluoride and all those things can collect in there. So even if it's like, well, I don't need my third eye to know things and you just want to, but your hormones are out of balance. It could be the same process uh, with doing some detox and cleansing there. Um, I used to teach, like, I used to do a group that we'd get together and practice being intuitive together, like do games that kind of, did you ever come to that? I think you did. And we like, well, yeah, we just had like pass things around, uh, like items and had to read them for each other and getting feedback. It was just really fun to kind of play with your intuition. And those are things that will help bring more clarity um, to your third eye. But there's feeling, but with the third eye in particular, it's trying to visualize. 
So visualizing. Um, and one trick that I've learned with um, doing visualization is to see like a white screen when you close your eyes, like see it as uh, like a movie screen and then allow the image to kind of come onto the movie screen. So that's a little like meditation you can do to see what messages your third eye might have for you or your visions or your knowing. It takes practice. Uh, I have like Kathy, my, I have one student that's like, I can't visualize, I am not a visualizer. I can, you just have to talk straightforward. Like, tell me like it is. I don't want any metaphor or visualization. <laughs> and I only talk in metaphor, so it's really challenging. Um, but uh, so it, it's challenging. Some, you know, we all have different kind of tendencies of how we use our intuition. But what I like about developing my third eye and in the group, we would talk about that a lot, is that it keeps the emotions out of it. There, that's where the kind of clarity of knowing comes. So if you're trying to figure out that what you're attracting in and you're emotionally kind of attached to the outcome, trying to visualize it or meditate on getting an image um, can be good. Also, like if you close your eyes during Shavasana and you see like, do you ever see like colors or like patterns or things moving through your, the black um, behind your eyes? pay attention. It could be giving you images from your third eye. Yeah. So any questions about that or thoughts? Yeah, sure. What if you feel like you get too much information? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, do you see it as visuals? Or like see energy? Yeah. Bring it down and through your body. Because the overwhelm tends to be like, oh shit, like, what do I do with all of this? And so, yeah, when you, that's where I think the work of like, okay, soften your belly, bring it down and through, help your, my, your mind metabolize what you're experiencing. Um, that would be probably my first instinct in myself. Cause I get like that too, or it's like, oh God, this is not, it might not be like an unsafe place, but it's a place I don't like want to be. Also, what I, I tend to experience is like what I'm seeing and what I'm feeling is not lining up. You ever get like that where you're it's like you're somewhere and you're like, they're like, they're happy, but like you don't feel that when you're actually in front of them. That can throw me off and be overwhelming. Um, so for me, I'll either step back and just understand that they're having some trouble, like really acknowledging how they feel and try not to take it, take it all on. Do you, does it just come at you all the time? Yeah. Is it more about relations and connections with people? Are you like out? Cause there are people that are like out walking the streets and can, they have a knowing like, like spirits are with them and that's really a strong sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soften your belly, bring it down into that, um, into your body I think is all we can do. The other thing I get really direct with spirit. I'll say like, 
you're come like this is I can't I can't make any sense of this. You've got to give me like I need burning bushes. <laughs> like I you need to get clear with what it is you're wanting me to know because otherwise you know like I'll I'm weird like that where I'll just like tell the energy like to slow down. And it seems to listen. <laughs> I'm weird, but it works. I mean, you just got to find the cheat codes to this universe. You know? That's right. Whoa, 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 angels. <laughs> yeah. So you could do that, you know, like give it to me in a way that I can it's not freezing me because it's not helpful. And I think our spirits are giving us this information because it's trying, it's helping us. But if it's not helping and just making me nervous or anxious, then tell your angels what's up. Slow it down. <laughs> I know. They get excited. They're like, oh, she's open here. <laughs> yes. You get the numbers, like when you look at the clock. Yeah. Yeah. I, my kids now even will go, four, four, four. <laughs> yeah. I do feel like those are that third eye chakra, little like uh, winks from the universe to like to stay open, you know? And maybe other things. You can look up even the numerology of things and kind of see what the message is. But I, I always forget. I look them up and then I forget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Maybe it's just you for you to kind of sense what the message is. So third eye is how we, that, that knowing, how we see beyond the illusions. When things aren't lining up, what we see and what we feel, um, how that dis disorder between our heart and our third eye can really um, kind of keep energy stuck up in our heads. Um, and then, so then it's crown chakra. So crown chakra is, um, you know, right at the crown, obviously. And it's our connection with God, with spirit, whatever that universal love, that higher self, that part of you that is not your body, um, it's how we receive that energetic energy, right? It comes down through the crown of our head in the yoga lens. It comes down through the crown of the head. It goes all the way down to our root chakra. And then it spirals back up through the spine and back out through the crown. So it's how we receive downloads, like when you're praying, when you're meditating, and you really like sense God or get an insight or... Um, you know, I like to do mantra um, meditations, and um, this was a couple of years ago, but it was so profound. I called one of my mentors, and I'm like, I need a mantra for anger. I was working through like some resentment and anger, and no forgiveness. So this is I. I was working. I was like, I need a mantra for forgiveness, and she sent me a mantra on anger. <laughs> that was funny, but uh, working through that mantra on anger, I would get I would be you know, you're in mantra meditation, you are it's definitely third eye and throat um, practice. And uh, it was Mary Opperman, she's a teacher actually in Houston, that's really wonderful uh, with mantra. 
And uh, she calls them uploads because I'm like, Mary, I got some downloads. She's like, no, you got uploads. I'm like, okay, uploads. I got uploads. It's doing that repetitive where you can get the, the thinking mind to back off and then you get the like the insight. And because it was on anger and that was my intention was to clear some of that for forgiveness, um, I tended to get those uploads that were related to that, and like a knowing and understanding of how to release that resentment. So hard, but it was helpful. <laughs> so crown chakra, going back to that is, uh, yeah, how we get those spiritual downloads or understandings, uploads um, from, from some source greater than ourselves, whatever it is you call it. Um, blocks of the crown chakra, I mean, definitely like migraines and those kind of um, things are related to the crown chakra. Um, but how does it manifest in real life? I'm so, I've always been so spiritual, even as a kid. But so I, I don't know if I've ever experienced a closed crown, but I would assume it's just kind of like not feeling at like no one's home. Like you're just kind of operating a little robotically is my guess on how that would manifest. That's how I would feel if I didn't feel connected to something bigger than myself. I don't know how people do it. <laughs> I, have, I have to think there's something more. Or, uh, or what's the point? <laughs> so anyway, uh, so crown chakra is that connection. So like I was saying earlier, so as energy like comes, so in, in yoga, we visualize, you know, God's light, our higher self, our soul comes down through the crown of the head, goes all the way down, like I said, and it also spirals. So it comes down from one side of the body to the other. And the energetics of how that is and why that is, is because actually the right side of our body tends to be our more masculine energy. So it's how we manifest, it's how we take action, right? It comes from the right side so that our soul is like, oh, what can I do? Who could I be? Like, what's, what am I driven to create? Right side of our body spirals down left side of the body is what can I call in? It's our feminine energy. It's like, oh, I can actually do less and call in more. Uh, the feminine energy is all about change. Like, you know, even in, you know, masculine feminine dynamics, the feminine brings in like the ideas and what could be and the possibilities. So as this energy kind of comes down our, our soul, it's like, kind of going back and forth. What can I create? Who could I be? Versus what are all the possibilities? What are, what are all the things that want to come through? And so it's going back and forth. And the name of those, if you're interested, it's the Ida and Pingala Nadis, is those channels of the masculine and feminine that run on each side. The energy is coming all the way down, and then it spirals all the way up. And as that energy intersects that's where the chakras are so as the masculine energy comes in and the feminine where those two cross is where life is formed 
you know, where that energy ignites. And in yoga, they call that like your prana. It, it lights you up from the inside when, when both of those are imbalanced, like whatever that means, you know, <laughs> just never. <laughs> when we die, we'll have it all figured out. God will like reveal it and be like, oh shit, <laughs> I should have known that. Or I knew it and I didn't listen. That's my uh, epitaph. Um, yes. So Kundalini is another word for prana and it's Kundalini means serpent and it's the energy that crisscrosses all the way up. So when you see that in different symbolism, that's what that is. It's the balance of the chakra. Yeah, it's so interesting. So there are like breaths in, well, in Kundalini. Kundalini yoga is a specific kind of yoga. We used to have a class here. You came to that too, didn't you? Yeah, maybe <laughs> once, yeah. It's a, little, it's a little different, right? Because the energy of Kundalini practice is how do I, it's all energetic. So it's breath work, it's repetitive movements. Like you're doing this for 10 minutes and your arms are tired and you're like... <laughs> But you feel when you walk out of class, like you are on another planet, um, but also hopefully in your body as well. That's always a balance I have to have with some of those practices because I can spin way off into like some other place. But yeah, the, the whole purpose of that practice is getting your chakras and energy systems activated. Um, so just to finish this thought, I wanted you guys to know, so as the cross of masculine and feminine come as you're working all the way up the chakras, that energy, because technically the word chakra in Sanskrit means wheel. And it, because these energy centers actually spin and they're like a, more like a ball than I always, you know, not a disc, but it, it's three dimensional. And as the energy is moving through these portals, these energy systems, it like, almost like how sunlight would come in and hit that crystal in the window. It shoots the fractals of the energy out, right, into the room. Well, same with the energy in our chakras. As it's moving up the chakras and crossing, it, it shoots the energy out through these, these points along our spine. And that is your emotions, like emotion, energy and motion is emotions. So emotions related to the chakras is how this energy is being digested in our body. And it's our response to that energy is put like, you know, we're like, it's kind of like a notification system for the world. It's like, Oh, I feel safe here. And you can sense that. And, you know, it's, or like, I don't like you right now, get out of my space, <laughs> you know, whatever the, uh, what, however we're responding to that energy comes out through our emotions. And so our, um, our emotional awareness can give us insight to where we are maybe out of balance in our system. So our emotions like they're important. They're not just something to dismiss. Oh, I'm being too emotional. Oh, I'm on my period. Oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, and uh, I, I have a really good friend. She's an integrative medicine doctor and she's like, you know, 
it's not you're on your period and you're just in a bad mood or you're going through menopause and now you're tawanding all over the place. <laughs> Tawanda! Happy base is amazing. Um, but it's actually that are even being pregnant, right? Like that moment where you're like, you're not fucking around anymore. It's like, and it's not because it's hormones. It's because it's instinct telling you it's time to make a shift. Every month, we, it's the intelligence of our body to not put up with any more shit we've been putting up with all month. And so now the veil is just thin and we're able to say what we need to say. It's actually probably a little more balanced. If I mean, unless there's other things that are really imbalanced, but just in the general sense, like it's actually the intelligence of the cycle, the cycle of the month and the, cycle, the bigger cycles of um, even teenagers as they go through you know that awakening to becoming who they're supposed to be through um you know what's it called adolescence and all the kind of rites of passage that we don't uh, honor and in fact we, we it's not that we don't even honor it. we don't we try to like squash it and medicate it um which is so sad because it's our intelligence so yeah, so I, I I buy into that. I do not blame my period anymore for being a bitch. I actually am one when I have to tell you something. <laughs> you know, yeah, we do. Um, it's not bitchy, it's truth. Sometimes truth is a little more boundary setting. <laughs> right? So yeah, that was my main thing. I just wanted you to understand like if, to trust yourself. That's my, my, my take home message. That the intelligence of your body and how energy moves through you and how you feel things energetically, visually, emotionally uh, is a feedback system. And we have got to stop calling ourselves crazy, not trusting in what we're understanding, even the process of struggling to awaken these parts of ourselves is part of the process and part of our how we build relationships to ourselves resistance tells us where boundaries might need to be tuning into that is the cheat codes for me of how to be human uh because this place is crazy so let's do this <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Touch with them. If you have any questions how to activate different ones or tune in to them, let me know. Yeah. You need that too? <laughs> um, I'm going to think. Hold on. I, I, I can hear the mantra, but I forget the name. Um, Shanti Prashanti Sarva Kroda Upashamani Swaha. That's what it was. I don't know the name. I'll get it for you. Have you heard it? Yeah. Shanti Prashanti Sarva Kroda. I said it for like, so I did a 40 day with it. So it's, a, it's forever with me. Ekankar Satanam Wahe Guru. Mm -hmm.
Yeah, with the mantra. Yeah. I can think in my head and still do mantra. I am that talented uh, because I'm nuts. <laughs> I'll be like, what's for dinner? Sean, tapers, auntie. <laughs> Why are my kids being assholes today? <laughs> Yeah, as I'm tapping, my brain's like on another trip completely. So it's not a perfect system, and I don't think it's designed to be. But when you, my trick that I heard Mary taught me actually is pay attention to the mouth, and like that. Actually, with the mantras, it's it you're supposed to bring all your attention into your like your tongue and your lips and making the sounds, and that is actually like really helpful. Uh huh. I had me. Yeah. It helps. And I'll still get distracted and then come back to my mouth and all that stuff. But it gives you kind of that point to, yeah, to return to. Yeah. We could do a little, it'd be fun to do a little challenge all together or something. Yeah. Family. She was yes, coming this year. month. Mm -hmm. Next yeah. month. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. She's supposed to get us the info, so maybe check in with her. It's not online yet. It's coming. She's got to get us a description. <laughs> it's on the chalkboard. I guess she just has. Thank you. We'll, we'll handle that. <laughs> <laughs> third eye it's like the upper triangle third eye gaze or focus on the mouth and letting the sound kind of come through you yeah do i'm so glad i saw you amazon everybody's buying it yeah just just found it on amazon Oh my gosh. Only if we can wear it on the same day. I love you. Thank you.